Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. My name is Nils Tudovinder and I am the creator, editor and host of The Grant. The Grant is an independent, non-commercial podcast initiative with the ambition to dig into all corners of the EU R&D funding system on topics of interest for the full EU R&D funding community. I use LinkedIn a lot to pick up my guests for the show. Some time ago I noticed a nice post from a guy called Sean Jones that posted a video interview called Thought Leaders as part of the communication strategy of an EU project. It was a quite different communication approach than I'm used to both myself and to see others do. So I reached out to Sean for an interview. And it showed that Sean is an enthusiastic guy focused on doing communication and dissemination activities with a big focus on real values and not copy-paste his approaches as many others they do. He has even formed his own NGO with exactly this focus. In other words, Sean has a big heart for this and it became a very nice talk with some sharp edges along the way towards the backspine practices. Please enjoy. Welcome to the Grand Podcast, the EU funding podcast. Um, after slowly finishing the proposal sections, written proposal sections in the in the timeline series, um, I am now having uh, another interview, another guest on board today. So it's going to be a little bit an appendix that's going to continue as I move on appendix to the timeline series where I will have a guest on board to get into more detail about different aspects of different sections of the proposal preparation um, and um, without further ado Sean uh, welcome thank you very much Niels my name is uh, Sean Jones um, from the uh, Barcelona-based nonprofit association, More Perfect Union. Yeah, and Sean, uh, yeah, yeah, welcome. And uh, Sean, um, uh, we, as I, as I do uh, a lot with my uh, with my guests, we uh, we hooked up on LinkedIn, right? We did. And my uh, my my discourse there on on hunting people down is when I see when I see something interesting is going on, I uh, I immediately write uh, a message or connect, uh, and then start to massage people to <laughs> to see if they want to join this. And we've been actually in a dialogue for a while now because it's well, it's all a matter of timing when when um, when you have it, when it's a ti- spare time initiative as I'm having. So it's uh, it's uh, we been we we had to cancel an appointment and so on, but but anyways, the reason why I noticed you was because you had uh you had you had you had you had some podcast. There was something that you recorded, so it was a video interview, something. Like yes, that. I was doing um as part of a pre-deadline um, commercial activity. Um, for an uh, Horizon Europe Innovation Action, uh-huh. uh, you know, with the consortium, we were the dedicated um, uh, communication dissemination partners in this consortium. And uh, what we did was um, a, a paid LinkedIn campaign 
in which we um, interviewed some of the thought leaders in the consortium and out of the consortium as well. Um, it was a it was a call regarding um, um, energy efficiency in in smart buildings, hmm. um, dealing with digital twinning um, and machine learning, essentially. Um, so there are some very smart people there, and we um, presented them as thought leaders um, in a new website that we spun off from our own website called environmentaleu.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you would have seen was a clip from those in, from those whole videos that are on environmentaleu.org um, on LinkedIn. And I think you liked one of the videos, and then you said hello, and then we started talking. Yeah, because I noticed that it was a good way of of, of disseminate, mm-hmm. make communication yeah. around the project. Yeah. Uh, so 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 of course uh, I thought, what's this? <laughs> and so so I reached out, and we had uh, and we've been having some some nice exchanges. You've been sending me a lot of uh, <laughs> of, uh, of of thoughts and reflections. Uh, no no one of my former guests have been sending me uh, so many <laughs> reflections and thoughts. And immediately I thought, well, this guy he has an opinion about this. I apologize. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, there's no apology because those are the best guests. It's it's also an opinion driven uh, podcast. This one mm. not only is it uh, generic episodes. It's also I also want to get uh, something on the table there with uh, with uh, that's opinionated. That's where people oh. they have. Have a, a an attitude, not an attitude, but where they have reflected and have a based on on experience and knowledge about the system, they have an opinion about how things work and so on. So that, I, it, it, of course, that intrigued me even more. Uh, so um, we've been discussing a little bit about what to do in our first episode, mm-hmm. and uh, we agreed on on dealing with the dissemination, communication, exploitation parts of the proposal because that's something right. that you uh experience a lot have a lot of experience in dealing with um so that's but but before we uh before we we get so far let's just have the formalities right that i do with everybody so first yeah. sean short introduction of yourself and how you have been working with eu R&D proposals or eu funding uh, until now okay well like i said my name is sean jones um, I was born in the United States. Uh, my father was Irish. My mother was American. I grew up in Hong Kong until I was 11. Um, I studied clarinet performance, classical music, in the University Excellent. of Michigan. Um, and then I moved to Europe. I immigrated to Europe. I'm an immigrant in Spain. Um, and I kind of fell into the EU funding uh, sector basically because in Spain all the jobs I've ever gotten have been because I speak and write English well. The the level of English in in Spain isn't isn't very high. I think because of the of the television. Honestly, um, that's another subject for another day. Um, but mm-hmm. it's over it's overdubbed. Um, and so all the jobs I've gotten have been re- you know related not to my clarinet skills but to my uh, English skills. And I got hired by a company that was an engineering company that applied to for EU funding back in FP7, uh, Research for the Benefit of F- SMEs, if you remember that program. Of course. Um, so, um, you know, I worked for that company for five years. I worked as a freelance uh, consultant in, um, in uh, you know, the equivalent of research for the uh, 
benefit of SMEs over the years in Horizon 2020, Horizon Europe, the AC mm -hmm. uh, Accelerator. Yep. Um, and then two years ago, I decided to uh, become my own boss and start a nonprofit organization um, because I thought there were a lot of problems with the EU funding sector um, and the European Union in general that could be addressed by better communication. And yep. that is what our, that's our thing, communication. We're not experts in, we're not, we're not a marketing agency per se. We're not experts in marketing, but we're experts in pragmatism and getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. um, so these are transferable skills uh, that we apply to um, helping the EU not go down in flames because of, uh, you know, bad institutional communication. That's a lot of uh, weight you put on your shoulders there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I do what I can, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, we're, we're mission-driven. I really believe in this project. Um, yeah, nice. And and I think it's very important um, because, to be quite honest, I think there's a lot of uh, piratas in Spanish. We call them pirates uh, in the EU funding sector, unfortunately. Um, uh, there's not a lot of diversity of biography um, of people who get, who receive, who are beneficiaries of EU funding. It's very complex um, to receive EU funds. And, um, you know, I was looking over the, the uh, um, you know, the regulation of the European Parliament and the Council of April 2021, establishing Horizon 2020, um, laying down the rules for participation dissemination. Um, and it was quite interesting because it explains the political rationale behind uh, why communication is very important, um, because within the proposals, uh, the innovation proposals. Um, in my experience, um, communication and dissemination sector, uh, se uh, section is an afterthought. It's usually a kind of copy and paste boilerplate text. Um, it can be quite good. Um, and, you know, one of the, the, I know we're going to talk about the challenges later, but, um, you know, right, we'll get back to that. Um, you know, one of the main challenges has been convincing people that what they, that they can improve upon what they're doing. Um, because obviously people are winning proposals using the status quo, um, but I think we can uh, create a better return on investment for the European Commission itself uh, with regards to communication and dissemination, visibility, credibility, and all that good stuff. Yes, and we'll get back to it because it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, I like I like the approach, I like this course, but we'll get back to that just shortly. In the EU, in the EU funding world, where have mm -hmm. you mainly been? Have you been writing proposals, or have you been in? You, I know you work for the Commission, but mm. so uh, right. I was I was a um, stagiaire in two thousand four. Okay. Um, besides that, no, I haven't worked with in in the European Commission. Um, I have been working as a as a consultant, like you. Okay, like you so were. you've been writing. Um, so you've been writing proposals. Writing proposals, uh, which I haven't done actually in a while. Um, I, I kind of pivoted from that to reviewing proposals. Um, Good for you. <laughs> yes, because I got very burnt out writing proposals. It's, uh, yeah, that's very, why. I stopped. Very, yeah, that's why a lot of people stop. I think so. Either you have to have your own company and make the money yourself, or or find some sort of niche for yourself. And so I kind of invented my position wherever I wherever I went and that was the service that I offer so I've read a lot of proposals and I've seen a lot of the same kind of uh, approaches and mistakes being made oh, yeah. um, 
So I, you know, I, honestly, I could, um, you know, put my comments in an Excel sheet and copy and paste them when I re- when I review proposals for clients, um, mm-hmm. because they're always the same. You know, the the first couple of pages has to be a compelling narrative, and you know that encapsulates the whole the whole the whole proposal, mm-hmm. and then the rest is basically due diligence, checking boxes, and and then there's the communication disseminations um, section, which is which is mostly boilerplate. I mean, it can be used this most of the proposals that I review, um, there's nothing that's there. The sections are generic. They could be used in any proposal. So if you have a section that's that, that could be used, that you could place in any proposal. I don't think that's good enough for the European commission and, and the European taxpayers that are, that are funding, um, these, these innovation financing programs. Mm. All right. Just, uh, to give you already, you actually talked already explained the company uh, and presented the the uh, the organization but so you're one man band no we started uh two years ago not not even two years ago in march of 2021 um with three people which is the legal minimum for a, to, to a start an association in spain to register an association mm-hmm. um so two of my colleagues and myself um started this association Um, however, the idea was, was, was basically mine, you know, in collaboration with my colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote the, our manifesto, which is essentially our website explaining why we're doing what we're doing. Um, uh, because based on my experience in the EU funding sector, I was disappointed, um, at how some of the, uh, at how a lot of the public money was being used. And I was, I wouldn't say angry, but, uh, I was Confused. I mean, a lot of money has been wasted, and and you know this this VC system is problematic uh, for a lot of different reasons. I don't know if you want me to get into that now, um, yeah. but basically, I won't get into that now. Not too um, much. Just just if it's but, re- if it's relevant in relation but, but to the company. It's, it's relevant to the to, to the reason why we founded More Perfect Union. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So to uh, to to bring the citizens and the EU institutions together in real ways, pragmatic ways, not inventing their own social media channels, but using Facebook, where 80% of the Europeans already are online, for example, mm-hmm. as one example, is using using um, methodologies from the marketing, PR, advertising worlds, you know, which are proven. Um, some of these techniques, uh, focus groups, A-B testing have been around for over a hundred years. Um, so we focus on using real world uh, methodologies um, uh, and apply them to the communication and dissemination sections of, of uh, EU funded innovation projects and other types of funding programs as well. Okay, so Erasmus that was Plus, about to be my, my question. Mm-hmm. So, which fund, where, 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 what funding areas are you moving well, within? So we just because we're we're uh, we're not a one man band, but we're a four man band basically. So it's it's taken, and I do the I've been doing the majority of the work, and uh, this has all been you know, funded by my by on, on my own dime. Um, so I had so we work with um, two part time young women that are from my my neighborhood in Barcelona mm-hmm. that I uh, hired from next door mm-hmm. um, because I know in, in Spain it's very difficult to get jobs when you're uh, when you're young and, and, and especially break into the NGO sector uh, and, and the EU 
um, funding sector without uh, advanced degrees, et cetera, which are not necessary. At least it wasn't in my in my case. Mm-hmm. So we, we basically just started applying uh, for EU funding uh, in September. We applied for this uh, uh, innovation action yeah. uh, with a consortium of some uh, 15 members. And we're applying to an Erasmus Plus program um, dealing with music. Okay. That's yeah. nice. so, social inclusion and, and uh, in the music industry. All right. Very well. Thanks for this. Um, we will probably, because this is what it's all about. This is why you made the company. So the, what we're going to dig into is about your discourse. So we will now move into actually how you work as a company and so on. So mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be... Uh, this is a subject we will go into depth about this so let's just uh, let's just hit the hit the key content of this episode dissemination communication and exploitation section the the the, the sections that de- that have this included in the eu horizon europe proposals mm-hmm. If we just have a fly in here, so what are they? So they are the in the in the in the main proposal, so to say, in uh, in, uh, in excellence and impact. You have the these elements you need to explain in the impact section, two point two, yeah, uh, measures to maximize impact. That's 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 in this part you will need to explain. Uh, it, that's the second part of it. That's where you have to, in poetry, as I call it, uh, mm-hmm. explain your strategy uh, within those right. three areas. And then you have in the where you where you roll out the actual activities of your work in the work right. package descriptions in the implementation section three, where you have to explain concretely. Uh, uh, if you have websites, you if you have dissemination, if you have mm-hmm. uh, f- focus groups, if you have and w- how often they will meet and so on and so forth and where the uh, right. concrete task. So that's those are the two areas. Those are the two two written sections of the proposals where you have to deal with this. Um, and that's from the uh, that's from the if I may that's from the um, templates because the evaluators evaluate based on the evaluation criteria which is not the template um so actually the word communication if i'm not mistaken and i will double check right now it doesn't appear in the evaluators criteria however obviously the you know the evaluators are trained to um to look out for it and they're used to the the, the standard proposal template um, but it's not actually one of the questions that they're asked to to grade. Let's say, I mean, it's part of the commercialization strategy, but they don't actually say communication in any part of the in any part of the grading of the the scoring uh, documents, which they have to fill in. I've been I've been <laughs> I've been getting comments and 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 uh, dec- what do you say deducting grades based on <laughs> uh, on this. In my work package description and so on, so uh, they might they might well, not formally have to deal with, but they do. No, it's, yeah, it's obviously very important. But my my, my broader point is that um, if you have to prioritize between what's in the template and what's in the in evaluator um, criteria, 
I would look at the evaluator criteria more than the template because the, the, the evaluators are never asked to, it, you know, I, you know, ask, they're never asked to grade you on how well you follow a template. Yeah. They don't know the template necessarily. They've never seen the template. And this is a recurring okay. this is a recurring thing with the guests I have on board. Uh, often mm -hmm. I've been having a handful of consultants on board and people who have doing doing this have been doing this for many years. And uh, the square root is evaluators' perception. Uh, yeah. So so that's uh, that's uh, I so I will also move into having episodes with uh, with having evaluators on board for for that for for these kind of circle around that area. So uh, so, so yeah. yes. But indeed, yes. So, um, I mean, I think the you know the problem with communication and dissemination sections is the same problem that you see a lot in the business, uh, the business section. Let's say that um, you know figures are presented without uh, explanation of how you know we arrived at these figures. There's no justification for why we're calculating what we're calculating. Um, and stuff like that. You know, we see a lot of tables with, um, you know, uh, predictions of how many Twitter followers we're going to have. And that means nothing uh, without context, without a rationale about your communication strategy, mm -hmm. who you want to talk to, why, when, how, you know, and I, I, I believe for this, that we should create a feedback loop for all stakeholders, including the general public and the EU officials who design um, these proposals so that They design them better each 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 time, and if we can, you know, use the right communication channels, we can lobby to a certain extent the EU officials um, and keep them in the loop to the best practices, um, so that you know when they write the next, uh, you know, tranche of of of, of um, you know calls for proposals, uh, it, it will be they'll be better designed proposals and grants. That's that's kind of what we're aiming towards. It's, it's a more long-term goal, obviously. Um, but is, I think there has to, you have to explain the rationale between behind you know what you're what you're talking about. I see all the time. I just see you know tables with numbers of like we have we're gonna we'll have five hundred thousand you know fifty thousand Twitter followers at, at year two and five hundred thousand at and it's like how do you know and what are you basing this on? You know, like what like why are you telling me this? You know like how do you know that? Yeah, uh, and that's something we see in the business case as well. And those are the two two sections that I see that a lot, where just uh, you know forecasts are not are not justified. And the business case, obviously, we know that ninety percent of these these businesses fail. So that's just you know fairy tale land. Um, but with communication strategy, you know you can you can make a more concrete um, forecast. Um, based on you know the reach that you have currently, if it's a consortium, you know how many, um, what kind of uh, communication resources they have, and also I think it's very important to loop in the general public because uh, truth of the matter is most people who are not involved in EU funding have no idea these these funding programs even nope. exist. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a huge problem. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's an existential problem. Yeah. Before we go into uh, to uh, to those details, let's just have a short talk about how it is normally approached. Because now we've been mentioning it a couple of times uh, about how mm. how proposal writers, both public, private universities, 
uh, if you have a consultant on board to do this, how NGOs that have communications on board, their communication partners, they do do this. I'm not talking about everybody. That should be clear. Of course, somebody, somebody, you have segments out there that are very good in developing this, but it, I've seen this. I have been in the business myself, and you have been in the business. So we're not just talking out of thin, uh, out of something out of the blue like this. We know what we're talking mm. about. Common problem about these sections, especially, especially where where you can cut corners as a consultant, you copy paste text from winning proposals, and you adjust, uh, remove, uh, you run a a a search uh, and replace on the the acronym of the of the project, um, and then you might adjust a little bit uh, with the poetry, but. I have I have had managers that was using it as a strategy in 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 the office they would give to clients that they knew mm-hmm. ah but we just this is just a, that's a one day work developing right. it, uh, which is it tells a lot about how and these are people that have been doing these uh, working with these things for twenty years and right. they they seriously think that <clears throat> that's a good idea. A winning strategy to to deal with it like this, which which it's, oh, you know, and I, I I took color of it. So when I was sitting on it, because you're busy when you write proposals, right? So you have it's not like you yeah. you you have all the time in the world to sit and and fi, uh, fi, fi, <laughs> think yeah. about. Fi, I mean, the thing is, philosophical the thing is, you know, you, are, you are, things are fast. So oh yes, I can yeah. cut a corner here. So I'm gonna cut a corner. And, you know, if every and if everybody does the same thing, you know, they're right to a certain extent. You know, because if, if everybody has this low level of, in these sections of boilerplate text and everybody uses the same kind of boilerplate text, they have to, you know, the evaluators are still funding proposals. So that's one of the main challenges that we have had is trying to change the, the client's perception of that, that it isn't a one day job. It isn't something that you get. And there's usually not in consortium projects, for example, there's usually not a dedicated consort, uh, communication and dissemination partner. There's usually it's usually given to a university or somebody. Who, uh, okay, I'll take it. You know what I mean? I'll take the I'll take the three hundred thousand euros. Yeah, that's not the experience I've been having. Um, okay. Normally, the DCE partners would have been um, innovation clusters, or they they would have been used to doing this. Uh, the proposals I have been building up, uh, but it's it's it, there's also a lot. The, there's the whole industry of organizations that wants to do dissemination, communication, and exploitation work mm. because that's right. what they're you know you have all these associations within the, in the within the specific socioeconomic area you write proposal in. You mm. always have organizations, innovation clusters, industrial associations that yeah. have no money. Yeah, they they some of them if they're industrial they might be lucky they have a good funding from members but you always have yeah. these kind of uh, associations or clusters that they are, it's not like they they're, they're tight on money and they so they fund the 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 desk so to say okay. with pr- project funding uh, to, right. so they sort of run after uh, as many projects mm. as they can within this because they know they can do a copy paste job yeah, because whatever I mean, whatever they are doing is not working, obviously, because you know, according at least according to the what the European Commission wants, its political rationale, you know, which I have the text right here, um, 
they are not getting a good return on investment for uh-huh. their money. It's you know it's, it's the these 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 companies are charging a lot of money and not doing a very uh, thorough job. You know, they just throw together a website and, and a couple of social media accounts, and, and that's it. But I mean, this is this is a this is a full time job in a in a two year project, I believe. Now, I've just just for the sake of of example, uh, just uh, opened up a, one of the proposals I've been uh, I've been working on submitted. It was a non winning one. I think we got oh, we got fourteen points. I think so. It was. It was fairly well written, but not top top. Uh, and if I look, but it's a good example of 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 the sections here. So it's, it's uh, you have some tables, yeah, with the mm-hmm. uh, instruments, and then short section are quite long tables there. And then you have a little bit of short text of describing the strategy, mm-hmm. but it's uh, because it's done. It's it's. Uh, I mean, do you think you could? Is it specific to that project, or is it something you could take and put in another project, and and it would also make sense in another project? But that's what we is did. That the, that's that's a good indication, basically, of, of of kind of low quality. You know what I mean? At least as far as the European Commission is concerned, or should be concerned. What I tried to because it was some of the things that some of these sections. I'm not a proposal writer, but these are some of the things that I was involved in. and. So I would have a colleague that would been writing the writing it out, and then I would review it and maybe adjust and so on. But you know what? It's uh, it's it's there's a generic element to it. Uh, it's it's uh, what often happens, and this is I think is the most important message to the listeners that it, it's so easy to fall into the trap of of generic text. That mm-hmm. you can, you know, in the in the lingo of EU, the EU proposal mm-hmm. lingo, you know it, mm-hmm. Sean. Mm-hmm. It's because you you review proposals, <laughs> so you see it all the time. There is a lingo, and you get into that, and so and there's a certain logic in 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 when you fall into this trap of how yeah. how the sections go and how you describe things. So, where if you really if you really have a marketing specialist <clears throat> to 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 look at this at the whole thing the whole proposal yeah. yeah excellence what is it you're actually doing we need yeah. to develop a how would you do a strategy with this they would say but it it's not it's like it's disconnected or it's not like it's really yeah. it's not it's really not real. really it's not real it's not real i know it, it was always a thought i had when i did proposals that I I never had the time to read the excellence section properly. To, you understand? To, yeah. Because it was so busy. So so I never had the time to read and understand completely also the work package descriptions like this, everything to have a full picture to make a nice, customized uh, dissemination communication exploitation plan. So, yeah. so it, it was always falling back on on generic text that we would try to make quality. You understand? You, you. It's not mm-hmm. like we, we didn't try it. You know, it's right. Of course, we would yeah. try to make it a quality text, but it, yeah. So I this mean, personalization is, is, I think personalization is something that's hugely important in writing proposals in general. 
um, in the first couple of pages, if you can tell the origin story of the consortium or of the technology or of the, the people behind it, especially with these top-down proposals, you know, where, you know, where you're, you're, you're specifically responding to a, a call, um, you know, where the need is already explained, uh, you know, if the evaluator can even remember and distinguish your proposal from the other ones, you're already winning. You know what I mean? Um, and a great way to do that is to personalize and talk about the teams. And because I mean, we're talking about very high level experts in their fields. And if you can talk about their experience and use their names and the companies they worked in and talk about their experience, that that's hugely compelling. Um, and that can be applied uh, throughout the proposal process. Um, with communications and 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 dissemination, I think the problem is you know with its if it's um I think it's it's a honestly the first time I I, I did this I I googled uh, digital marketing strategy like I said you know we're not we're not um we're not a marketing company mm-hmm. um we believe that we can uh, improve drastic you know like dramatically upon um the status quo and there's tons of information out there about how to uh create a communication strategy it's cost effective that reaches uh, all the people you need to reach that you know you explain the rationale behind why you're doing what you're doing how are you going to do it when you're going to do it how much it's going to cost who you need to subcontract um because another thing that's that's important is is to you know intelligent workers understand that they they don't they don't do everything themselves they're not experts in everything, you know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, when you can ask for help and get a better result, you should. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that I think is, is, is missing too at the institutional level, for, for sure, and also at the consultant level. Let's, um, because you bridged already now into what, so let's just hit at the, 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 the really, really nice content here that, uh, because now we had, we had a fly in, we had to talk about what is, what is, what normally happens and what the problem is, why that is happening. So, mm-hmm. so let's, uh, let's just, your approach, Sean, now you started it. So, so let's just, let's dug into, let's just dig into it. So. You already shared a little bit with us your overall discourse, the whole reason, because it's the whole reason why you why you funded mm-hmm. the, the the association that you have there. Mm-hmm. So, so um, the overall discourse, just in in relation to what we're talking about here, the sec- okay. how how you work with developing commu- mm. these sections of the proposals when you're involved. Okay. Okay, so the first thing that I, I address is uh, the rationale behind um, how we're doing the how we've decided on the communication strategy, um, who we need to talk to and why, and link it uh, to the political rationale and the the requirements of the European Commission, um, and they're very specific. Well, the Parliament passed the passed passed the law. Um, discussing and if you don't mind i'm just going to read textually mm-hmm. um for example you know this article 20 of this of this regulation um regarding the horizon europe and participation dissemination etc right evidence shows that embracing diversity in all senses is key to doing good science as science benefits from diversity diversity and inclusiveness contribute to excellence in collaborative rni Okay, these are words that are thrown around a lot um, with without a lot of um, thought or, or, or importance getting to them. Um, but we know that, that 
diversity really is important in, in science, for example. Um, in artificial intelligence, uh, you know, the, the artificial intelligence will be as biased as the as the human who created the original algorithm or is, or is, or is feeding the, the inputs. Um, and that's something, diversity, and I'm not just talking about like ethnic diversity or, or you know, minority quotas. I'm talking about diversity of, of biography. Um, the, the beneficiaries of, of most of um, the European innovation uh, programs tend to be highly educated, ethnically European. They tend to study uh, similar things at the, at the same universities. Um, and, you know, according to the European Commission, that's a problem. So how can we increase diversity? Well, the easiest way is to talk to the general public because they're certainly diverse and they don't even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. um, so I think the first thing is looping in. Try to The, the main goal is that the rationale is to create a feedback loop so that every time um, you know, a new grant program is designed, it's better than the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, because they go on to say that every four years, they have to, in Article 52, program evaluation, that they should, you know, and every four years, uh, they need to evaluate the results of, of their innovation programs. And honestly, I've never seen any of these evaluations. Uh, transparency is very important. So with regards to the communication and sanitation section in particular, diversity, we need to reach out to the general public and to all of the stakeholders um, in a real way. You, know, you can't just make a website and uh, create a Twitter account and a Facebook account and, and expect people to come to you. You need to find the audience where they are. Where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's critical to communication in, in general. Um, because I, I see sometimes on LinkedIn, people will be like, uh, you know, we need to create a European Facebook. And, you know, there is a European Facebook and it's called Facebook. Uh, 80% of the Europeans are on Facebook and use it daily. So why create this? There's this. There's this kind of. Um, you know, if we build it, they will come. Um, uh, dream, you know, among the institutional elite um, about communications. That's just that's not how communications work. You know, people are already out talking, communicating. People communicate all the time, and they're online, and you can find them, and very easy. Um, so. You know, what we do is, you know, we would explain that. And then um, we would also take uh, pre-deadline commercial activities, like I was describing uh, uh, LinkedIn advertising, which is very expensive. Um, But you could target it very specifically to the profiles of evaluators um, and do these kind of video series like I did um, with this last proposal that we submitted in September, which is the reason that you contacted me. you know, for I think a couple of thousand of a couple of thousand euros, we had over eighty thousand engagements um, with uh, LinkedIn users with profiles of evaluators. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty thousand views of the videos themselves. Um, so it's a highly successful campaign, and it's something that, as far as I know, is not done or has never been done. And actually, in the consortium, nobody wanted to chip in. I papered it myself. I was I was happy to do it because it was part of our uh, it was part of us demonstrating, um, you know, that these 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 kind of uh, commercial 
um, marketing techniques are useful within the within the European funding ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, so first is the rationale, and then uh, when it comes to the tables, you know, I think we should get rid of uh, or or combine the the stakeholder table and the and the you know projections of of you know, usually there's like a stakeholder table. I see a lot of stakeholder tables, like who are the you know the stakeholders involved that you need to make this yeah, project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's another there'll be another table with the um, with these, these random projections that are kind of floating with no context. Um, you can put those together and say with stakeholders, okay, so for um, science like scientific stakeholders, you know, uh, peer-reviewed journals, we're going to reach them through Twitter because that's where they tend to live. LinkedIn, um, institutionally, also LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, like uh, and then for younger demographics uh instagram tiktok it depends what the uh what the um proposal is about a lot of the proposals now thankfully are about the uh, uh addressing the climate crisis um which young people are hugely interested in so this is a very this is a very great way it's very it's a huge opportunity for the european commission to communicate with its citizens uh and and future voters um, about what they're doing to address the climate crisis through innovation funding. And here, you so so one of the reasons why I I got intrigued uh, with your approach and talk we had uh, some weeks ago is exactly this because this is a this is square root problem for the commission. It throws tons of money uh, after all kinds of research and innovation projects. <clears throat> to 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 realize a, a political goal within the different you know, like economic and socioeconomic areas, um, but nobody knows, yeah. and, and, and so there's a huge gap between the political will, which is strong, when you throw that much taxpayers' money after these things, right? Then a huge program as the just the Horizon Europe, but if you also look at the Life program, Erasmus, you know, like you 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 have so much money, mm-hmm. political money, being yep. thrown after uh, ecosystems, both public, private, NGOs, uh, within all spheres of society. And and few people know what's going on in the in the other real world, How, mm. and and this so from 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 your uh, I don't know anger or from your <laughs> so social indignation or whatever <laughs> uh, over this it's this is this is a real problem and I like that you that you made an association to try to to get to address these things. Also down at the proposal level, to right. to say, look, let's change things in in real proposals, in real projects that get money. Try to 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 use the marketing strategies that you ex- that you just you said you know like you've been using these these strategies. Uh, some of the, them are a hundred years old. Uh, mm. How to engage with the public? How to spread uh, the news or, uh, about what you're doing and how to do this? So, yes. It it's it. There is a fundamental problem between those two sides. That is, um, it's if you can solve that, uh, the commission is go. They're going to carry you in a golden chair for the rest of your life. You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, let's see. Let's see. I don't know. They don't like to give out credit, really. But um, 
I, um, I mean, the good thing about our approach, I think, is the useful thing about our approach is that it can be applied in any sector. Um, so that has been uh, a learning experience for us because there's a lot more money in the innovation funding than there is in social funding. Um, mm. yeah, a lot yeah. more. Indeed. Um, and, and in innovation, they don't talk about the fact that practically every single technology that they're proposing has some sort of automation, artificial intelligence that could very probably wipe out entire sectors of the workforce. And yeah. on the social side, they don't talk about that either. You know, they don't mention technology ever, you know, or maybe they mention the, the fact that, you know, there's going to be disruption in the, you know, like the digital industrial revolution or whatever you want to call it. Um, but we have the luxury of being pre to predict a disaster. That's like, can you imagine? I mean, with all the, with all the, uh, you know, the rise of the extreme right in Europe right now and all over the world. That's appalling to me. You know, the, the progressives have, have given the given the populist vote away and, you know, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. Um, you know, so I think this is an ex existential problem. We need the buy-in of the public. Um, they need to know that the European Union is founded as a, as a peace project and it has tangible benefits for its citizens. And, you know, young people are more, a lot more aware than my generation certainly was about the environment, for example, yep. um, social justice. But it seems like the left, left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing as far as the, you know, the, the whole ecosystem of, of EU funding. And I find that worrying, um, you know, because it could be, you know, I would, I would maybe if I was designing a, um, a, a funding program to pair of funding programs, you know, so, so. Um, for example, you know, if, if, you're, if you're proposing a technology that you know will, in all likelihood, if it's adopted at a wild, at a, at a large scale, will you know um, decimate an entire sector of the workforce, well, you should have, we should be preparing, doing pilot programs of universal basic income reinsert, you know, reinsertion uh, uh, laboral uh, work. Um, sorry, it's coming out in Spanish, but um, like uh, workplace uh, reinsertion, other other approaches. I'm I'm a proponent of universal basic income personally, but there's lots of pro, you know there's lots of approaches um, that we should be testing out right now um, because we know that this wave of destruction is coming, um, and it's supported by the European Union taxpayers who are going to be screwed by it. You know, if we don't test out uh, on the social side. Um, policies that will help us, um, you know, make this transition to wherever we're going. You know, maybe it's not that drastic as I, I was imagining. You the, know, who knows? But the Commission is actually doing. Uh, that's what. That's right. I I have a lot of opinions about uh, the the Commission's approach to this, but 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 my baseline is that they're actually doing a huge good work in trying to understand how they can avoid social problems how they can avoid energy poverty how they can avoid climate problems how they can they they there yes. is actually a a real uh will uh and to 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 also to spread the money and try uh, to understand I, and and trying to put up uh, walls against that tide uh within the different problems that we can see that comes um, right i mean you know i i I believe that. I believe that. So I, I, you know, when I when I worked in the when I did my internship in the European Commission, 
I had nothing but respect for the my colleagues there. I think uh, you know they're they're true believers. Yep. Uh, I found that everybody worked in good faith. I got along with everybody. Um, I really appreciate the hard work of of the European Union um, uh, institutional officials. Um, but the problem with innovation grants is they don't talk about this problem in the projects in the proposals for innovation. Um, they they, they it, ride up against the context. You know, or at least I haven't. I haven't seen any that, that have. You know, they, they talk about the benefits of you know, uh, other you know, like uh, you know, broader benefits for society about certain technologies, but they don't talk about negative potential benefits for society and how how you know, the the consortium thinks that they should you know tackle this problem. That's not really the job of the consortium. It's the job of the the commission. Sean, I would argue. I want to put you a little bit on the spot. Okay. Can how how do you do it? So let's just so when you when you approach when you're a project partner, you are responsible for uh, sitting and 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 developing together with some other partners the mm -hmm. the dissemination communication exploitation section uh, and the VP description on on that work package. How how are you approaching? that you know what what how are you doing that differently than 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 the what we just talked about some 30 minutes ago about you know, just doing everything as you used to do and copy paste remote programs right. and so on so with, with having in well, mind what you just yeah. said with with the yeah. with the trying to get a deep putting taking a, a, a you know, digging a layer mm -hmm. deeper understanding yeah. so how do you inject that into your proposal writing <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good question because you know, I, and I thought about that because it's really not that different. At the end of the day, I've seen very good boilerplate texts that deal with the communication dissemination that can pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, however, I think the most important thing is uh, personalization and talking about the rationale and having a broader European goal, a European dimension, which is a feedback loop, so that we keep getting better and better and better at spending public money. You need to do that more concrete. Um, you need to make this more concrete. Okay, so, so would, okay, so I, I would example. start. Honest, I think, I think an honest, honest, honestly, I would start. I would start the section with a paragraph about that. I would say the European Commission, you know, in its, uh, you know, the, by the Parliament's uh, declaration of blah blah blah, in Article Fifty One says uh, you know, that the, the in order for un, union funding to have the greatest possible impact and make the most effective contribution to European policy objectives and commitments. It should be possible for the union to enter into partnerships with private and or public sector partners, you know, such as uh, um, NGOs, research universities, and that's where we introduce ourselves. We're an NGO, mission-driven, nonprofit. Um, those are differentiators that are value added for the proposal. Um, and then we would just get to the the red meat, you know, like um, based on our internal research, for example, using uh, influencers is a great way to social media influencers on Instagram and TikTok is a great way to engage the public. That's connecting uh, we, to we, the that's connecting to the real world influencers. Yeah, yes. yeah, we we did for it cost us two thousand euros, and we we hired a very very popular uh, Chinese Catalan um, influencer for the EU initiative Discover EU, in which they give um, interrail tickets to you know, 90 university students in Europe. And it's a great tangible benefit. It shows you how awesome Europe is, basically. You know, it's great fun you know, when, you're, when you're that age traveling around in trains. Um, that's what I did when I came to Europe, and uh, it was the time of my life. Um, and Spain, and you know, with, within one day, um, I know the, the, the EC also had their, you know, their in-house or, I don't 
don't know, their, their own social media, or their own influencers. But this guy, you know, he got 300,000 views in 24 hours. Spain was by far um, the member state um, that applied most to discover EU. Of course, we contacted the European Commission many, many times. And they never got back to us to confirm because we chose this this influencer because he only posted in Catalan. So we could see by the IP addresses if uh, the majority of the applications were coming from Cat- Cat- the Spanish region of Catalonia. Mm-hmm. But so I can't confirm or deny. Uh, I don't have any proof um, that we impacted that, but certainly that's a way to... And you can see that on our website, the actual the actual videos. He's a funny guy. Uh, um, it's, it's, uh, this this works, you know what I mean? And 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 people are realizing this. And obviously, it's not for all no, that's target a audiences, yeah, that's you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a segment. So so you have that segment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the general public who needs to know because you know they're they're paying for it, and it's the consequences will be fallen on their shoulders. You know, the young people. Um, so if we take the ge- general public, that's a painful one always because people they so, so we will make a Facebook group or we will approach local media or we will try to get a, a, a ra- on radio shows that or, or, I don't know it's all it's all that's uh, that sounds to me like it doesn't sound very convincing to me exactly um, <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's almost like the you know until a couple of years ago I, I, I still would see like CD ROMs you know we need we need money for posters and CD ROMs <laughs> <You know? laughs> you can imagine that um, yeah no we need to get real um, everybody's on TikTok now so what would so, so in in your trend so so how would you approach the general pro- pop, uh, public in in a proposal text how would you what would be your approach for that now we talk about TikTok what yeah, yeah. I, w- I would ask for uh, two thousand euros to hire a social media. Well, okay. So if we're doing like a, a, um, a EIC accelerator, for example, yep. Um, it's just one one beneficiary. I would I would hire. Uh, I would ask for you know maybe six thousand euros to do uh, three um, full day, um, um, you know, recordings with a social media influencer of our choice because it's very important who you choose. That it's not you know. Um, it's somebody who's entertaining and that the, the kids like, you know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be about politics and it shouldn't be actually, they shouldn't be, um, the, the influencers that tend to talk about politics are kind of boring, you know? So you want to find the influencers who talk about makeup or uh, music or movies. Related, or, to, related you know, to, the, to the topic of the, of the proposal. Absolutely, absolutely, you know, but, you know, because, because you know, kids are interested in, in everything, you know, but the people with the most reach, you have to go, you have to go where the people are mm-hmm. already. So you go to the influencers who you like the best, who, you know, who you can tell are, you know, you need to talk to them and see if they're, they, they really believe in the in the you know in, in solving the climate crisis for example or whatever you know the um the goal of the of the project is and you know if you have some kind of a vibe with them and then and then pay them to to, to plug your project and and get people aware of, of european funding and then you'll see that people will start asking questions well how can i get european funding and that's a very good idea why am i not getting european funding that's an even better question um and then so you know just by just by con- by um combining this the stakeholder and the kind of uh, uh social media projection tables you save space and you can explain why um you know you're 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 um 
targeting, you know, like um, the scientific community on Twitter, um, you know, the, the sector, whatever it might be on, on Instagram, for example, or, or Facebook, um, which is actually the most, the most popular, still the most popular social but I think media channel. If I'm just, so what I think you do, because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm, I'm trying here to keep to put a left eye on the proposal uh, just just for the example all right to see what yeah. I threw in and what so you have there you have you 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 mash everything into a a a table and social media platforms it's just it's an extreme uh simple text You're saying proactive use of social media networks linkedin YouTube, no. it's for distributing content and in Latin, I'm just reading what we wrote in this proposal. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So, and, and that's that. So my guess, yeah. my best guess is that how you do this, you fold it, you, you are folding it up. No, you have, you know, no matter the platform, yeah? you, you have the platforms you would need uh, that you think is fitting for the proposal. You're dealing with the segments that you approach, yeah. but you would fold out a coherent poetry text on yeah. how this strategy would be used. Yeah, and why, and why. Yeah. You know? yeah. Because there's lots of facts and figures. The evaluators love facts and figures. You know, you can say why. Um, you know, the intelligentsia is on Twitter, and, and uh, you know, but it's not real life. You know, if you were, most people are on Facebook. Uh, the kids are on TikTok. Um, and then explain what you're going to talk about as well, you know, like the milestones. So, and also with the website, website is not just something you, you create and, you know, like, uh, hire a domain for two years and that's it. A website is something that you have to update, uh, according to the, how the the project is, is progressing. Yeah. And I would argue that, that you, we should in the proposal and even before, even before, uh, um, submitting the proposal, Try to find other people that are applying to the same the same call, and and talk to them about about how to uh, how to communicate better about this and 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 find people on the social in in the social grant side uh, that are working you know uh, uh, that are dealing with social exclusion and and, and marginalized communities that, that might be very affected by wide wide scale automation and start that process before you yeah. you you do because you write the proposal because you know evaluators like to see that you're not just waiting for mana from heaven you know what i mean that you actually you you believe in what you're doing and you're doing something already you know what i mean that you're going to do it with or without the eu's money that's your goal you want to do something because you believe in it yeah and you're going to do it with or without the European Union's money. The European Union's money would help a lot to make it faster, make it more efficient, yeah, and yeah. You know, in line with their missions, <clears throat> etc. So, you know, apart from that, it's not very different. It's just a matter of like, I, I never use the acronyms of the, um, just give an example, I never use the acronyms to the extent possible of, of, of the, partic- the, the beneficiary, the participants in the, in the project. Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, nobody you know can memorize like, you know, the University of, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, uh, you 20 know, like West West Macedonia, you know, and then it's, it's like UWCS, and it's like just write it out. You know, the things with acronyms drives me crazy. Acronyms and jargon absolutely drives me oh, crazy. Yeah. So that's if what it's you not get. A, if it's, it's a lot of if it's not a, if it's not a general, <laughs> yeah, no, no. And sometimes you have to. I mean, if you if you know if, you, if you're writing about you know like uh, neural networks, neural, you know, or like machine learning, you know, you're 
you don't want to be writing like, uh, you know, or, you know, digital twinning. That's what we were doing this proposal on last time. And actually, I did write out digital twinning, but there was another one that was it was longer, you know, so you don't want to be writing out these long, these long technical terms. You can use an acronym, you know, write, spell it out the first time and then use it if it's being used like every, every page. But if it's not a general knowledge acronym, just spell it out. I read so many first pages that it's just full of acronyms. It's like, what is this? What are you talking about? It breaks up the text. It's the jargon. It's horrible. Um, and so, you know, I just try to personalize everything. And, and whenever I can work in to whatever section I'm, I'm dealing with, so if it's the communication dissemination section, I try to work in specific, specific personal details about the team. Um, for example, you know, the University of Western Macedonia has a communications department that had, uh, you know, a, a, a very successful communi- communications campaign um, about uh, one thing or another, you know, last year. I would mention that these, you know, these projections are based on this campaign that they did. Leave a link so they can go see it. So it's actually like you're giving evidence. It's all about it's all about you know like uh, proving your point and not just not just kind of you know throwing throwing numbers at the walls mm-hmm. without context in my opinion. Do you in the proposals you've been involved in? Do you also put in uh, communication dissemination exploitation elements into the first two pages of the full proposal? Well, exploitation, yes. Communication as such, no, no. I mean, first of all, the communication dissemination in the English language; these are synonyms. There's no difference between communication dissemination. In the, will, in the nobody Euro- will ever European in, Union no, language, they are. Different. I know. I, I don't care. Nobody will ever convince me that there's there's a difference between communication and dissemination because they are exact same things. Because it's a different okay. language. I know it is different language, but if we're going to speak in English, which yeah. is what they want to speak in, <laughs> let's speak in English. You know what I mean? Um, although languages do evolve, um, but communication dissemination, come on, you know what I mean? Exploitation is different. That's, 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 that's selling something. You've you been know? inside the system, so you know that it, you might have English as the main language, but there's a French understanding of many things because that's how they built up the bureaucratic model of the European Commission. So there's a lot of that yeah. that is... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it sieves in together to kind of a make a a, a, <laughs> a, no, no, a yeah. two, two, two-headed uh, monster of the EU, EU lingo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think we need... I'm a big proponent of plain English. You know, there's this movement of plain English. And, and I think people need to get over jargon, get over acronyms, and just speak like human beings that want to, that want to convey a message in the most clear and concise way possible. And that's what we're all about. That's one of the actually actually I agree with you. Here you have something that is that's one of the elements that keeps the barrier between the two worlds of EU projects and the real world. That that it's uh, it's uh, the way you talk on the one side in the EU funding world is something that you don't understand really on the other side. Uh It's it's considered bollocks, you know. (laughs) Considered uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, (laughs) yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And you know, and and and, I mean, you know, the funding. Uh, the application processes are so complex that you have this consultant class of which we, to which we, I belong. Um, you know that that that, that is a, is a, another barrier to you know to diversity certainly because um, you know if you don't have resources to hire somebody like me, um, you're not going to be able to write this proposal yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and the EC does say, again, I'm quoting, that diversity and inclusiveness contribute to excellence in collaborative R&I. Collaboration across disciplines, sectors, and throughout the ERA makes for better research and higher quality project proposals. Mm. It leads to higher rates of societal take-up and can foster the benefits of innovation, thus advancing Europe. Those are their words, not mine. So, you know, that, you know, so that goes back to the rationale. I think we should always start with the political rationale of what we're doing um, when we're telling this story. And, and then, you know, and then it's, it really is like a storytelling um, task. You know, it has to have, and I know I have talked about this you know, before, but it has to have a, a narrative thread, you know, that you can, you can follow while you're still, you know, checking off the boxes of the, of the, the evaluation criteria. Um, but yeah, if you can make it as personal as possible, you know, people remember, they remember names, they remember experiences, they remember some guy worked for NASA, you know, or, or whatever. Um, is instead of like, you know, uh, just the, the UWCS partner, UWCS, you know, instead of Mr. John, you know, you know, Mr. John Worth, you know, like the director of, uh, um, something fancy yeah Sean uh, we're slowly moving into the the last part of this podcast but before we we move into the end I want to uh, to ask mm-hmm. you a little bit about this more professional business marketing thinking so mm-hmm. have you have you shared with us? Uh, how you are dealing with that, applying that to your when when you are the, making a strategy for a proposal. Are you are you uh, digging into using uh, models of 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 professional marketing, business marketing, or sure, uh, absolutely, oh yeah. I mean, that's what we did. Uh... You know, and we we do like A/B testing. We we want to we all want we want to even take it further and, and do focus groups and stuff. Once we're once we have because we just started applying for funding. Yeah. Um. We just had our first uh, application in September. So fo- um, focus that, groups. You know, focus groups. Uh, A/B testing. You know, A-B, like A-B, testing A-B, A/B testing meaning. Tested that when you test a message, like to see which one resonates better with the consumer. Ah, okay. Basically, with 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 um with the communication as it as it deals with exploitation, if you will, um, it's all about it's all about the end user, the the, the, the whoever buys it. You have to explain Customers. why yep. the customer. You know, like why are they buying this? You know, that's the most that's the most important question of any commercial proposal. Like, why are they going to buy this technology um, or this solution? Uh, what's wrong with the the, the the state of the art? And like, how do you know they're going to buy yours, even though you know it's better commercially? All right, technically, for example, doesn't mean they're going to buy your your um, your your solution. That's where communication comes in, and 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 you know these marketing techniques come in. That's how they sell stuff. You know what I mean, that's why the Americans are so good at this. The Americans, are, that's why the Europeans are always kind of like, we need to do this better because. You know, the Europeans are the world leaders in, in fundamental research, and and but they can't sell stuff because they lack that 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 creative uh, spark. That's that. Uh, I don't want to make broad generalizations. So I grew up in the United States. I'm half 
European, but my Europeanness is on a piece of paper. You know, I identify, even though it's the place I've lived least, I identify culturally, I guess, more with the United States because my mother was from there, but you know, my father was, was Irish. He was always an Irish citizen. Um, I'm kind of like the, the, the Euro-European, like a proto-European. I'm, I'm the real pan-European um, because I don't have any uh, national... Um, um, uh, I don't have any like uh, what's, what's, I'm not patriotic. <laughs> yeah, so anywhere, you don't have you, you don't know? have a specific country where you feel it. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been, yeah. So, uh, with regards to um, selling anything, it's all about going to the consumer and and asking them if they would buy this and why. You know, and you you can take that to a scale. You know, you spend as much money on that kind of like in these kind of activities as you want. Um, but that's something that's often missing. There's like, well, because engineers tend to be like, well, it's obviously the best. You know, it's like it's obviously the highest. You know, highest technical, so you know, highest quality technical solution there is. It's the most cutting edge technology there is. That doesn't mean people will buy it. You know, there's the classic, you know, Harvard Business School uh, case study of the VHS and, and, and Betamax, you know, Betamax was a lot higher quality video, but VHS recorded longer. And that's what the consumers wanted to, wanted to use it for. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 where that's as far as communication, that's where I, I build the basis of of. Uh, the the business plan is all around the consumer. Now, so island. so now I'm gonna I'm gonna because I'm I'm geeky enough to know a little bit about um, I, the, the 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 consultancy company I work for was we had very strong business models and marketing uh, market analysis plans mm-hmm. that we would uh, uh, apply to the proposals we were involved in if it, they were innovation actions, but my question for you is so let's just if it's not related to selling a product mm-hmm. if so gets where i'm going so if it's it's I, if no, it's no, about selling selling something using mm-hmm. using the selling approach yeah in a more soft project is that what you do yeah i don't touch the fi- the, the the financial forecasts at all First of all, because they're usually uh, just invented, you know what I mean? They're reverse engineered, usually, or at least with the, a lot of the, the consultants I've worked with. The, the, the best consultants usually just reverse engineer them to, to kind of like fit into the, 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 you know, the parameters of where the, community, the, the commission wants to see the projections. Because we know that they're all, you know, 90% are going to fail, you know, so... Uh, this is just la la land. These these financial projections. I would leave them out entirely. It was up to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you want to define the market, obviously. Um, that's you know, that's real. That's something you can do. Um, you want to define why the consumer will purchase your product. That's something you can prove. You can demonstrate. Um, but the financial uh, the financial forecasts. I mean, that's that's just uh, uh, you know, ninety percent of those are are you know like not intentionally but they're lies you know what i mean they're just made up so i don't touch that i don't so we don't touch that we do we 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 concentrate on on getting the word out about the project what it's about why it exists and trying to from from our side from more perfect union what we want to do is we want to spread the we want to we want to 
uh, feed more people with this European pie um, and feed different kinds of people um, and make it a lot easier to feed them. So say. breaking down, so what I I had a, a, an interview with uh, an episode with journalists where we talked about breaking down the breaking on to the other side, so to say, how he worked as a journalist with proposals. Uh, he's you know like how to how to because you know like that. So you're also working on that wall, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to to uh, to 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 break on through to the real world on the other side. Uh, so yeah, mm. it's it's I have a lot lot of sympathy for that. Um, I think we should. Uh, I think we should uh, slowly start to wrap it up, Sean, because it's just going to okay. get too long. Uh, okay. And we have, and we covered very well uh, how you're working and 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 this approach. Uh, it's been lovely. Yes. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. For my first podcast. I've before we wrap it up, I always mm-hmm. have I have a segment that I call the toughest challenge. Yes. Um, so, so from your point of view, the toughest challenge of working the way you do, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this approach yeah. that you have to dissemination, communication, exploitation, yeah. when you work in writing and 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 implementing the the, the project afterwards, what is the toughest challenge in order to get this right? Well, uh, I would say it's not so much the writing as it is uh, convincing people that they can do this part better and that they should do this part better. It's actually finding clients, getting people to hire us essentially. Because they, they, you know, they, they've, they've been winning, they've been winning, you know, proposals for, you know, 15 years or however many years using the same boilerplate text. So why should they change? Um, Even though we're cheaper, even though we're more, you know, even though we're, we're more we're based on real world uh, methodologies even though we're mission driven even though we're a nonprofit people don't they don't care they don't care there's so many people that do not care about the the misuse of public funds and that for me is the most challenging thing and also it's hard for me to like not get indignant about that sometimes yep. you know yeah um and i have to work on that you know because uh you know i'm not going to catch a lot clients of clients uh, by getting flies, angry you know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> by insulting them you know <laughs> insulting you their must. character you know but i want to i want to desperately um yeah so yeah so that's that for me that's the biggest challenge and it is it is a challenge uh but you know i think we can slowly educate and also like we are a nonprofit, and we have statutory responsibilities to share the information we don't have any ipr we don't have any like proprietary knowledge we want to share everything we want people to copy us you know but we want to be able to say we were there at first and we're going to do it better. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Sean, um, thank you so much. Thank you, Niels. I'm just going to have a pleasure. Uh, like Wes, I'm just going to have a short fly out, uh, take off, wrap up the, uh, before we, we fully end here. So, uh, Dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to the end. Um, this has been a a lovely, lovely talk with Sean. As you all know, or if you're first-time listeners, I have a website called thegrand.eu. That's where you can find all my episodes. This should be around 30th. I'm not perfectly sure which number this exact episode has, but uh, at, as, I'm, as I speak, I have 20 six episodes out i have one per week so you can find everything on my website there you will also find i have i'm trying to create a hub 
of information I gather throughout all these episodes. Um, there are lots of organizations with that gathers information, and I also start to link to them because I'm not in competition. I'm an independent, non-commercial guy here doing spare time. I just want people to find the easiest way to find the information they need to make life just a little bit easier writing proposals. <laughs> so that's what you will find in there. And please, for Christ's sake, as I say every time, almost in my episodes, subscribe to the email list because that's the best way for me. If you find any sympathy with what I'm doing and if you want to see me grow <laughs> uh, with this initiative, subscribe to the email list because that's the best way for any podcast to grow in this world. So please, by all means, I'm not spamming you. You just receive an email every week. <laughs> so again, thanks for listening to the end, Sean. Again, thanks for coming around the virtual podcast studio. And we will, you and me, Again. we can put a teaser out here for the for the listeners. We, you and me, we will have talk a little bit about. Uh, we talked about having an episode on more opinionated because people, as people can hear from this episode, you have opinions about things. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots, lots. Yeah, lots. yeah, and uh, and so we so we will have an, an episode that's a little bit more colored than this yeah. uh, so so we will we will just arrange that's probably going to be in 2023 but uh, right. as, t- as timing is but the the future is long as I always say so <laughs> hopefully yeah <laughs> well thank you so much Niels it's been a pleasure the pleasure is all mine thank you so much bye okay bye bye have been listening to the grant the EU funding podcast